Today's show is sponsored by Lending Club. Go to lendingclub.com slash badchristian to check your rate for free. No strings attached. It won't impact your credit score. Just visit lendingclub.com slash badchristian. Today's show is also sponsored by stamps.com. Get your four-week free trial plus postage and a digital scale by visiting stamps.com and entering the code badchristian by clicking on the microphone at the top of the homepage. Here we go. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Three to one! <laughs> I scared Joey Spenson. Startled him. This is the best he could do is startling. This is the Bad Christian Podcast. Welcome to the show, yeah, everybody. We nasty. We filthy today. today. Yeah, we filthy. It, yeah. It, it's filthy a word like like when people say filthy, that means good. Like bad became good. Every word changes. Um, what right? about the word so suffering? Fil- filthy is good. What about the word suffering? Yo, uh, I don't suffer fools. That's a good thing. I don't like think suffering has ever been mean uh, meant a good thing. So, but maybe eventually we'll get there. Yeah, I hope like I'm in hell. One day. Yeah. I'm suffering. Yeah. Like this party's awesome. Yeah, like that. <laughs> yeah, my flesh is. Right. But, I can't wait till the day where my flesh is burning for eternity. Means it's like, really funny. Yeah, it means this party's dope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you have a good time last night, dude? My flesh was on fire forever. <laughs> oh my god, worms were eating my flesh, dog. <laughs> <laughs> and it never ended. <laughs> I kind of got into a little bit. I I posted something I, like. I probably shouldn't have done it, but I went on social media and just posted something because people were immediately talking about when Stephen Hawking died, and uh, just uh, the, you know that. he's gone. I think it was Franklin Graham said stuff, and just he wished that uh, he said he's basically something like he wished that Stephen Hawking would have learned the simple truth that Jesus Christ was the way to heaven or something like that. The, you know the true God and all the stuff, and I just thought it was so uh, it, it was so belittling. To, to opportunistic, I mean, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. I mean, you don't, uh, you just did that because a famous person who was super smart and an atheist died, and you didn't really care. I mean, Franklin Franklin Graham has the means to go meet every day and cry out to God for Stephen Hawking, right? But there, did he there, do that? No, nah, that's is the a, there is a chance that he felt compelled to do that, and the only reason why I'll say that is. Toby, oh, you God. did you did my audio book, and you heard the story about when my friend killed herself, and I felt like it was my responsibility to tell people that hell is real and we need hope, or else this kind of stuff's going to happen to us. And I asked, you know how embarrassing it is to say that on air. But Franklin Graham doesn't strike you as the OCD person that needs a little help. How, how do That's you know? Not, but I don't know. But more of opportunism is what it seems like to me, or twist a little knife or something like that kind of thing. But I don't know. It's a, I feel like it's How a, can you a have weird... such a great dad and end up being such a bozo? <laughs> Good question. Good question. I, I don't know the answer to that, but it's... I don't know. I guess people just get corrupt pretty easy. Hey, my stuff. my birth my birthday happened, and I my mom sent me money. And uh, my family, my family, neither one of them have called me for years. Do you, I, I, Matt? I know your on mom your passed birthday, away. She, yeah, yeah, on my birthday. I know your mom probably was pretty diligent about it. But no, like, she missed it a lot of times. But not because she didn't love me. She just was is very uh, absent minded. So she'd forget. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I kind of give <laughs> my parents me on the wrong break. day and, and say happy birthday. But, but, but do y'all's <laughs> parents even still? Give you stuff for your birthday? Do yes. they send you anything? Like, is your dad gonna like on your birthday next August or whatever? Will he send you something? No. Yeah, Joey, do your parents? Do they take you yes. out to dinner? You're in town at least. 
Well, that no, they they give me a check. <laughs> a yeah, check. <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. My mom sent me money, and I, and it was the right call. Like you know, used to I would think, oh man, be re-, like there was a time in my life where I thought, oh man, the thought matters. Now I'm just like, shit, I don't care. Like you could think whatever you think, but money will always be better. Mm-hmm. I mean, it will always be better at this point in my life. Now, my kids, she sends them fun stuff. And like she sent my uh, my daughter's birthdays around the same time as mine. And she sent her a really cool nightlight that shoots stars up onto the ceiling and all that stuff. And my daughter's like, yes, it's so amazing. Because at June's age, she just turned five. Money is whatever. Oh, yeah. It's, it, I mean, and it, it really kind of weirds me out a little bit. My kids all think money is just whatever. It's like a, it doesn't matter. Yep. It does. They don't even think about it. And it makes me think, are they right? Like, is it some weird uh, system that locks us down and just hurts us and is terrible and, and kids get it right and we're adults? And, and could be, Because I would, there was a time in my life where my mom sent me a, uh, you know, a, a rubber bow and arrow <laughs> that I could stick, that you know, good. that would stick to the wall or something. I'd be so happy or a transformer or whatever it is. And now I'm super happy of this little green piece of paper because I, <laughs> I, I know what it means. But in fact, here's what's really funny about it. I mean, that that green piece of paper is just going to go into the bank yeah, and pay our yeah. bills. Yeah, that, like it's it, not, it's, it's not weird. like I'm buying anything super. I might buy some beer with it, which is fun, but not like, you know, it's it's not... All the money my mom, my mom sent me, a hundred bucks. Uh, I'm not gonna really get to enjoy it. I'm not gonna blow it on something just stupid. And that's what's so fun about being a kid. Yeah, totally. Like a goofball, nothing. You can go into the dollar store and spend ten dollars on dollar items that are gonna break later that day, and it's so fun. Yeah, you. I mean, that's that just crazy bit. that we miss out on that. I think you gotta do it the other way. You know, if money's the best present, try going to when people invite you over for a birthday party for another adult. Give them an empty envelope with twenty bucks in it. Because <laughs> you know, you give them a Starbucks card or a bottle of wine. Just give them thirty-eight dollars next time. Put it right. Just hand it to them folded. That would be so. Funny. Write them a check. My dad used to do that. Yeah. Thirty-five dollars. <laughs> it, it used to bum me out. My dad. So my mom would at least do a card. She did like a funny card. It was like a, a Mexican mariachi card. It played music. I was like, that's really funny. Like she spent extra money on the card. Even my dad literally several times in my life has sent me an envelope with a yellow piece of notebook paper that said, Happy Birthday, Dad. And it was like $40. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Okay, I have something real serious to talk about if we could shift the tone. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's let's get real. Because okay. this is, uh, y'all been clowning around stuff, but shows, first of all, by nature, this is a serious show. Yeah, this is um, like the uh, uh, response time at a church mm-hmm. that, you know, Joey, right? Joey, can you lead us into the serious time of church? Yes, I will. If you guys could just really think about some things. Um, we're just going to think about them. Yeah, we're just going to enter into a time of reflection. And, I have my acoustic. Yeah. I know there's a lot of broken hearts out here. And so the next five Broken minutes, families, broken lives. <laughs> messy things. All right. All right, Matt, let's get real. What do you got to talk about? This must be serious. Uh, well, yeah, it's just uh, I got a real, real problem with the Andy Griffith show. Ah, oh, come on! <laughs> you know that's my number one. I that's uh, why I wanted sitcom to talk to you of all time. It, it want- is literally my number one sitcom. It's more than Seinfeld. It's more than Friends. It's more than Family Ties. It's more than The Cosby Show. Well, let me tell you my problem with the Andy Griffith Show. I call hey, it. Episode- well, before you start, before you start, let me say one thing. I'm going to interrupt you. 
Can we still think the Cosby Show is awesome? Like yes, the people are, are, are there people out there that say you can't even think that show was awesome? Because I promise you, it is literally so top good. five, top possibly so top three all time favorite shows. It is, it is, it is a challenge. I have to mentally work you may through and personally it. not be able to enjoy it yeah, anymore. I have That's to mentally work through. Like I, I have to answer some things mentally. Like, is this person still like? worth loving and enjoying his entertainment i mean he's he's a flawed human being just like any of us but i do have to have some of those thoughts oh he has a flaw, just, at least a flaw or two you're right yeah i can't just casually watch it without thinking through some stuff yeah but yeah I, but it's i mean it just that's just up to to the individual i, would say. I just but, look right. at it as that's not bill cosby it's heathcliff that's heathcliff <laughs> and i just love it you know what i mean like i just can't he, he can't his wife won't let him eat a hero sandwich. It's just so good. It's just so good. So, all right, sorry. Go I ahead. caught a episode of Andy Griffith recently on TV Land or something like yep. that. Yep. I was it's up late TV. just with the TV on, and it just it, I was able to make a lot of sense. Of, I haven't watched the show since I was a kid, and I know it's your favorite show, and I saved it yes. just so I could talk to you on the podcast about it. So I've been sitting on okay. this for a little bit. I just wanted your thoughts on it. I thought they'd be interesting, but so. I watched Andy Griffith a lot when I was a kid because it would come on. I, there wasn't anything on TV. It was three channels, and they're old Opie, yep. and Andy would yep. go whistling, walking down the road about 2 p.m. every right. day. If I'm not <laughs> yeah, if I'm not mistaken, it came on about 2, two o'clock in the afternoon every day, and I was always kind of mm. bummed when it came on. I was like, oh, there's nothing else on. There's nothing good on. I <laughs> guess I'll watch this. But I did like it, but there was something about the show. When I look and think back about the way I think about it, it is an amazing show it is i will give you all the credit of telling you how good the writing is and the characters themselves are some of the best characters ever it is great it's heartwarming mayberry is great young ron howard's amazing it's it i'll give you all that stuff and i never knew really totally what bothered me about it but now i do and it is so offensive and bothersome to me that I think that this only one thing about the show ruined the whole show for me, and that is, of course, Aunt B. <laughs> Aunt B. What? Yeah. Aunt she's B, awesome. No, she's horrible. She's a huge problem, and it drives me <laughs> insane. I finally was like, as an adult, I watched, and I was like, what the fuck is this Aunt B shit? First of all, she's not, I, she's just like some... British nanny from Downtown Abbey written into the script of Andy Griffith show. It makes no sense. And she's not real. She's not Southern. And her personality itself, like what she is and represents, is literally the thing that killed me as a kid and does today. Her personality on that show, or whoever she is, that formal, and oh gosh, oh my. <laughs> I hate those people. I hate, hate, hate Aunt B. And who the hell is she? She's not even Southern. And why is she there? She's terrible. No, okay. Uh, and let I me say, go. there's not, nobody better than Gomer and Goober and Barney and Ernest T. Bass. And the, the characters are flawless and interesting and compelling, and they all make sense, and they're all Southern, and they're all archetypal. I mean, they're great. But who? what is this Aunt B crap? <laughs> okay, I, I have to explain I this here. Okay, one, she is Southern. She's their aunt, and she moved there specifically uh, uh, to Mayberry. I was about to say Mount Pilot, which is the big city that they would go to. <laughs> but she moved to Mayberry um, 
because Andy's wife died, okay. Opie's mom. So they needed a an anchor figure that that is everything that Andy isn't. And everything basically that nobody else, no other character is. So I, I understand what you're saying. She is annoying, but that, I think that is the point that she's fearful, she's scared, oh. she's worried. Don't go here. Opie's going to be in trouble. Andy, you can't do this like that idea. Now, and here's what is so cool about it is she's so uh, much that way that it stands out to you. I totally agree with you. Her character is so annoying. I mean, so you don't annoying. like her, do you? I mean, or no. is she there to her be characters? I mean, I've never heard anybody her, talk about I mean, like that, but she rubs me the it, most wrong way because people like that. But in I mean, real you life, couldn't be them. you couldn't be more uh, accurate to a a older Southern woman. I mean, that's exactly what older Southern women are. They're exactly they're worried, they're fearful, they're scared. An older Southern white woman, even mm-hmm. uh, let me let me clarify that. I mean, that idea of just how. Uh, nervous and worried, and just you're there to protect and be the mother hen and all that mm-hmm. stuff. I think that's A what that hen, is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, and I mean, it's to, to me, it is supposed to be annoying and to, to Andy's loose, fatherly, uh, uh, you know, always kind of in control, but loosely, in, you know, he didn't carry a gun as a sheriff. I mean, all of those things. I, I mean, for me, here, here's what's funny. That sh- that show to me is so well written, and and I I often wonder, is it? Do I think it's so well written because I grew up in the South? Because I grew up in a small town in in South Carolina, it, it speaks so clearly to me. All the people. I mean, think about this. Think about the episodes where they're at the church, the church choir, mm-hmm. and and what the, the the dynamics of the church choir. To know that, and that show was written and done in Hollywood. I just can't believe they could do that. Do it so well. And you guys I mean, aren't gonna. Amazing. You guys aren't gonna believe what I'm about to say to y'all. You've never I'm, seen an episode. I'm going to have to check this show out. <laughs> no, you're not being serious. I'm being dead serious. I mean, I, I'm familiar with no, the show. You, I, your parents I know didn't the theme, watch it? I You've never the seen song. an episode of Andy Griffith? I don't think yeah, all the way through, you? maybe. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I know the theme song. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, well, I, I'm you not know who joking. Barney Fife is? What is Barney yeah, Fife? I know, you know all, I know all the characters. You know, I know Gomer and Goober. Gomer. I know Opie. I just don't think I've watched Floyd the Barber. All, yeah. Man, I mean, I'll put it this way. If I've seen episodes all the way through, I was, I'm too young to remember. Oh, my I gosh. do respect the show. And honestly, it, I'm kind of excited. It's a new show that I can watch. Well, it's good, well, other than well, that. But look, look so... First of all, Barney Five. I can't know if there's a better character that's ever existed. Really, I really oh, I don't know. There's just so endearing, that, so so dumb. Everything about him. So okay, so here's some more about Aunt B. Basically, he now, constantly locks himself in the jail. I know he's the best. <laughs> that's brilliant. Yeah, he's the best buffoon. I mean, it's just it's wonderful. So Aunt B. I swear. First of all, she doesn't have the the accent. Is just obviously bullshit. Like, and I yeah, promise I you, I always that. assume she's some British nanny. She can be on Downton Abbey, and that Andy hired yeah, a, I, I can a see high that. society housekeeper. I just make it just anyway. Oh, it bumps, Andy. Yeah, it bumps yeah. me. And I do Very not proper, like these yeah. types of people in real life. Actually, that are just fearful and rule based. And you ought to, and you ought to, and they're not ever a real person to talk to. I just don't. It just everything about it is the, is what I don't like. And she's not southern, and it's pretend. So I never noticed that before. I just knew that I hated yeah. her. And now it's like, well, she's not even, she does not come across as Southern. So I looked her up and I did find out a couple of things I thought was interesting because it was driving me crazy when I saw it as an adult. But she's from New York and she was like, she's just like a pro 
New York Broadway actress type. You know what I mean? So they, it was a weird yep. casting thing, I guess, in there. But she grew up doing vaudeville and, you know, that kind of stuff like that. Now, I read about it, and it turns out she really is, a kind of, was, and I'm not trying to tarnish some old lady who's dead here, I'm, <laughs> but she turns out she is some kind of a little bit of a crazy or a weirdo, but she was just very formal acting-wise. I, I read about it that they didn't really get along on the set. There was a lot of problems. I was like, man, how couldn't they have just wow. written her off or something like that? Now, she said, and then get this, she was single her whole life. She moved to, she w- was down there and they shot stuff. Uh, I guess they did, I don't know if they shot it in Hollywood, but they did shoot in North Carolina too. But she was down there and was working on Andy Griffiths, but she was on there forever. And then Mayberry RFD, she's one of the only people mm-hmm. that stayed on even after Andy was gone and whatever else. And they, um, she wound up staying there and living in Silver City, North Carolina, the rest of her You're life. You're kidding. Where she bought a house by herself what? and lived alone the rest of her life in North Carolina because she said something like she liked the roads. Now, they, <laughs> she said the pretty roads and trees. She never married or had children, and she was, and you know, quote, awkward in one-on-one relationships, but nice, you know, nice person. And then they said that uh, she, you know, when she died, she just gave her stuff to the Eastern Christmas Seal Societies in town, like. Whatever. So she was a, must have been. I feel bad about that, of course, because I'm sure she was a good person. But they said that she was really, really weird, and they couldn't talk to her, like even in interviews and stuff like that. It just couldn't. She couldn't really good talk Lord. to people one on one. So she was a bizarro. So at least I was hitting on something there. Something. Off That's really or, or, funny that you picked that up. I would have never guessed all of that. Yeah, and then you know they said that that she she had. Uh, Cats, basically, and you know, <laughs> they kind of thing, but they didn't get along on the set, basically. Right. So there was a bunch of problems with her there, and said she wasn't somebody you could sit down and talk to at all. It was just too awkward, basically. But she did, you know. So it's just all. I, I don't. It makes me feel more worse thinking of it that way. But that, nonetheless, is it, kind of one of the things that was there. And then she eventually, she said before she died, she called Andy and apologized for being so difficult all those years because it was re- a real problem on the set. Yeah, I wonder how you think about all that, oh being that it was your favorite, favorite show. <laughs> well, uh, that's interesting. I didn't know any of that. That That is very bizarre because a lot of the other people were Southern uh, initially, at least. Like even Don Knotts, yeah. I think, grew up in like West Virginia Andy's from the yeah, south. So genuine. Was, I just don't know how they yeah, ever yeah. cast her in the first place. That that is bizarre. I, she must have just looked the part. But what's bizarre, even more than that, is that she stuck around. You're right. Like usually somebody's trouble or not working. I, I wonder if you're unique in the idea of it not working. Like, oh, it did says, everybody, it like, says, like me, I would have never thought of that. I'll, re- I'll read it here. It says, in contrast to her character. Uh, Frances Baver was her name, was easily offended on the set, and the production staff took a very cautious approach when communicating with her. And then Andy Griffith once admitted the two clashed and something, and then she phoned him four months before she died, apologized for being difficult. So I thought that was kind of interesting to find out there. Anyway. I mean, they're all, like, that show was huge. I know it's like a long time ago. Like, we're talking, I mean, what was that, the 60s and 70s? It ran from... Let's see. It was black and white to start. When it went to color, I didn't like it anymore, which is strange. I don't know why. I don't know if it was the writing or what, but when it went from black and white to color, I did 60 not 60 to 68. Yeah, 60 to 68, which is eight years. And then two years, more years for maybe RFD, but 10 years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a spinoff that worked two years, that's kind of crazy. Got a, got a call up for a second season. Spun off Gomer Pyle, but, too. 
Oh man, and that was a big show too. Yeah. Gomer Pyle. I mean, that that was a big one. But um, I think for me, the th- it, like I said, it just resonated with me as a a person in the South, and it was okay to be goofy and Southern. Like that, you know what I mean? Like every every other show I've ever watched, I always thought Southerners were just stupid. Yeah. And 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 Andy Griffith. Didn't carry a gun as a sheriff. Everybody said, you're stupid for not... I mean, even on the show, they built that up. Like, there was times where they're like, you have to carry a gun. What's wrong with you? You you know, the way you do things is wrong. And it was like a a Southern wisdom archetype guy that I just thought was so cool. Like, somebody like me could be could be smart and show those uh you know yankees that they they're not always they don't always have it right you know what i mean like like that that i I think maybe that's even within me but most people in the whole world outside of uh you know how many states are in the south if you consider the south those southern states think that we're rednecks and stupid i mean Mm -hmm. people are listening right now I, i mean we i still get it now comments on the internet about how goofball we sound like yeah. the way I talk is stupid. Like you would not want me to perform surgery on you if I was a doctor because I sound like a goofball. <laughs> a, you know, a Jeff Foxworthy joke. But I mean, I, I, like something about that Southern, like just being yourself and it being okay and you can be smart regardless of what you sound like, which is, I mean, to me personally, I do think it's offensive. Like that you would think people that sound Southern are ignorant yeah. or stupid or total Trump supporters or whatever it might be. I mean, that that uh, is just a, as, as much of a stereotype as anything else. And so I think for me, it just really, it, it, I guess it really meant a lot. Now that you bring it up. <laughs> I, I, and I do think the writing was amazing. It, what a, they, they had amazing episodes. The one I, I mean, watched, just, that some of them are funnier if you go back at The one I watched the other day was the one where, Opie was hanging out with that girl, the niece of the lady Andy was dating. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, And yeah, she yeah. wound up being uh, better at him, that stuff, like stronger and faster and better at football. Ellie May. Uh, yeah. No, Ellie, I think it was, it was like Ellie's uh, Ellie niece yeah. or whatever. And so yeah. Opie started to get real mad because she was better than him at like mm-hmm. sports and doing stuff and he got mad and like they got in a fight and and all that stuff and it was his ego was bruised by her being good at stuff and then the conclusion yeah. was just that uh, her aunt Ellie or Ellie May, whoever it was, just told her, "Oh, men need to feel like they're strong and right. So the best thing to do is just pretend like you're not as good at those things, and then just let him <laughs> win, and everything will be fine." And that's what she did, and then the episode just ended. <laughs> they were everybody, everybody was happy. <laughs> did Did they ever have like real serious episodes that, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this has happened, or were they all lighthearted like Cosby Show? No, they no, did serious they, stuff they, too. No, yeah, they they uh they definitely had some really serious episodes. I mean, there were some amazing ones where like Opie had a bully and he had to actually hit him, hit the bully and punch the bully. But Opie came home. It was like this big oh, okay, fear, cool. yeah, fearful whole serious. thing, and yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and then uh, I mean, but all the way till there was one. I mean, one of my favorite, maybe my all time favorite episode is a goat in town <laughs> in Mayberry. It will eat anything, and it eats a bunch of dynamite without exploding. And so they're worried that the, this goat's going to explode. And the only way they're able to get it out is that Barney plays the, the harmonica, and they walk it miles out of town into this big field. 
so that nobody will be murdered or killed or anything, you know, from the, the, the exploding goat or whatever. It's just crazy <laughs> ideas, but it's really good. Anyway, we got to get to our guest, uh, Jen Matthews. Thanks so, for letting uh, me vent about uh, yeah, Yankee no, no, no. imposter. I'll talk about Andy Griffith show. Any, any, you know what's funny is my dad, for most of my life, I called the TV show Andy and Mayberry. Because that's what my dad called it. <laughs> I don't know why. It just is, it, that's what I'm saying. It's like a Southern thing. You don't call things by the right name or whatever. You just go, Andy. Oh, that's all Andy and Mayberry. And that's what my dad would call it. And I, that's what I called it. People would look at me weird. I was like, oh, did y'all watch Andy and Mayberry? Uh, you mean the Andy Griffith show? Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway. All right. Before we have Jen on, we all need a helping hand sometimes. And that is true. I mean, whatever you're trying to get in your life, get ahead is what I mean. Sometimes you need a little bit of money. Sometimes you need some stuff to, you know, for repairs, unexpected repairs even, medical expenses or credit card debt. Sometimes a little money can make a big difference, and that is true. A little bit of money can make a big difference, and you can get it at LendingClub.com because Lending Club gives you access to low rates on loans up to $40,000 for almost any purpose. That's what I think is so cool. I talked to the folks at Lending Club. And they're serious about helping people afford and pay for the things that they want to do and improve their life. And that's because you can take control of your debt, finance a major purchase, or finally make those home improvements. It's easier than going to a bank and offers lower rates than high interest credit cards. And that's true. It's easier than going to a bank. It offers lower rates than high interest credit cards. So why wouldn't you check out LendingClub.com? Just go to LendingClub.com, enter how much money you need, and see if you're approved in minutes. Pick the offer that's right for you, and the money can be in your account in just a matter of days. It's that simple. For more than 10 years, Lending Club has helped millions of people with over $31 billion in loans. So take charge of your finances today with Lending Club. So let me tell you, folks. Here's what you got to do. Go to LendingClub.com slash BadChristian to check your rate for free, and it won't impact your credit score. That's LendingClub.com slash BadChristian. LendingClub.com slash BadChristian. All loans made by WebBank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Go there. Get what you want to get. LendingClub.com. Dang, you got a little, you got, that was real passion at the end, man. It was. It was. I had, Jennifer, I had how are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Good. Doing, doing well. Doing really good. Doing well. I'll nev- uh, Toby was wanting to know uh, how the connection happened. I remember Josh Surratt, our lead pastor, texted me and said, hey, man, Seacoast have- Church in Charleston. Yeah. He said, you want to have lunch with Clay Matthews' sister? And I was like, uh, yeah. And so I, I, I just think what's so cool about you, first of all, I mean... I don't want to, you know, give you an ego here, but you've got a great personality. You're a great conversationalist. Uh, is that a word, conversationalist? It is. You're, I think you're so. a very nice looking woman, but you love the Packers. I mean, that's just right there. You had me at Packers. <laughs> Behind Jesus. <laughs> yeah. But w- one thing that I really thought was cool, though, and I actually told you this too, Jennifer, is how. Like, I think some people, uh, but I, I guess maybe in your case, you are a pretty successful person, but there'd be a lot of people in your shoes that'd be like, stop talking about daggum clay. Like, my name is Jennifer Matthews. I'm a person too, but you light up. Like, you're just like, I love talking Packers and all, my dad and all that stuff. So, I know. Well, I was, I didn't have a choice. I was kind of born into it. It's all, it's all I knew. It's all I know. Still. Yeah. 
What yeah. do you think? What do you think? I, I, our listeners don't really care for a lot of sports talk, so I'll have to resist the temptation to move on pretty quickly. But what do you think about Jordy Nelson? Like, was is that <laughs> just a shocker? <laughs> um, see, this is a problem with free agency, though. I'm super bummed. He uh, He's an amazing guy on and off the field. Strong Christian, too. Yeah. And uh, we actually shared a box with him at Lambeau play. And so we, our families were pretty close. So it's just, it's what it is now, but it's, it bums me out. The Raiders yeah. had a good pickup. I'll tell you that they, they like just scored. Yeah. Oh yeah. So Jen, oh, yeah. you became a Packers fan after Clay went to the Packers basically, or, or, or is there more to it than that? You just become Cause your whole family's football guys all over, right? Yeah. So there's eight people in my family who've played in the league. So my grandpa started, he played for the 49ers in the fifties, but this was when they made no money. So he had to leave the NFL to be able to afford five children. So he had to go into the corporate world. Times have changed. No way. Yeah. And then my uncle played 19 years for the, for the Oilers and Titans. Then my dad played 19 years for the Browns and Falcons and then Clay's with the Packers. He'll be in his 10th year. Casey played four years with the Eagles, one year with the Vikings. Jake's on the Falcons. That's my cousin. Kevin, my cousin already played. Mike's on the Steelers. So anyways, and then we have another one coming up. He'll be at Texas A&M in the fall. Wow. So we just, there's something in the blood. So Casey, did he just, so he was on the Eagles this past year? No, no. So he was oh, on the Eagles dang for four it. years. I know. He missed it by like two years. No way. For four years, and then the Vikings for a year, and he tore his labrum in his hip and had to have surgery, rehab, but then he decided he wanted to retire. Gosh. To- Toby and Matt, Jennifer was Jennifer was telling us how, like, they've had family member after, I mean, her dad and, like, all of these guys in the NFL never went to a Super Bowl. Then Clay goes to the Packers, wins it his second year, and they're like, what in the world <laughs> just happened? <laughs> happened like my my dad and my uncle played a combined 38 nfl seasons and bruce went my uncle went to one super bowl and they lost to the rams and then yeah with it and then clay goes in his second year but he'll even tell you he didn't even realize how much how hard it would be to get back there i mean they haven't gotten back there so yeah what we were very spoiled and we we broke the matthews curse after i don't know how many seasons well, I know as as a Packer fan, after that 2010 season, it really was one of those deals where I was like, what are we going to win, five more? I mean, this team is unstoppable, great oh, yeah. defense, great offense. And I just – I still don't understand how a defense can go from being number two one season to <laughs> dead last the very – I just don't get it. All right, I got to stop, stop talking sports. I, I want to get to your, uh, your Prey app here soon, but one thing that we've been really interested about, we've had – you know, some guests on here talking about is obviously big on the news is the Me Too movement and everything. And you actually worked, but it, it was for the NFL or was it for one of the networks, Fox? Or t- tell us where you worked. Yeah. So I, I've been on multiple networks. I've been on CBS, been on Fox, um, did some fantasy football on NFL networks. So I've done, done a little bit of everything. I mostly covered NFL. So yeah, I did that for about three years before I came to work here at Prey.com. Yeah, and did you encounter any sort of stuff that you had to report or just like, okay, that was that was subtle, but I knew what that person was doing? Like, did you did you come into contact with any inappropriate advances or stuff that dudes try to get away with? You know what? Me personally, I didn't. And and I, I have to be realistic because I don't know if I mean, because I'm part of my family, I don't know if there was a, a special treatment that came in, in that regard or whether they were just scared of the repercussions from my big brother, Clay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That he'd pound them if they ever did anything. 
But um, no, not me personally, but obviously it's, it's a very serious issue and um, very, you know, eye-opening. But I mean, I know, I definitely know it existed and I know people who told plenty of stories about having examples of it happen, but for yeah. me personally, not so much. And so what, yeah. what, what, you were doing what is it? Sorry, go ahead, I'm just Matt. curious, what all work did you do at the networks? Tell us about your your career there and stuff you were doing. So I did a I did a little bit of everything. My passion was the human interest pieces. So my favorite piece, I'm a little biased, was this piece I did for Fox on my family. So there was a Monday night game where my brother Clay and the Packers were playing my cousin Jake and the Falcons, and they um, they were going up against each other, obviously, because one's a linebacker and one's an O lineman, and um, so I flew and interviewed my dad and Clay together and then went and flew and interviewed my cousin and uncle and then interviewed my grandfather, who actually is from Charleston, South Carolina. He just passed away. We're coming up on the year anniversary. So he was the one who started the whole football legacy. And um, so I got to do a special piece for that and, and then go to Lambeau live the night of the game and do kind of introduce the piece. So that was probably the most special piece I did. But I also did stuff with the fans, which was always so interesting. It was Oh my gosh. I don't know. You never knew what you were going to get because there's like alcohol involved and you're live and <laughs> you're going <laughs> through the parking lot going, okay, this guy looks, uh, I don't know about this guy. <laughs> this guy looks like he'd give me good material, but he may be a total liability on live TV. So I did some of that and then did some of the human interest pieces where it was like sit down and then man on the street type pieces. And then at the same time, the NFL had selected me to be part of their, um, women's apparel campaign. So I was one of the models in that. So got to travel the country kind of representing the league. And this was when all the Adrian Peterson stuff kind of came out. And that was like right that week. So it was very interesting. I got a lot of um, questions about, you know, things of that nature. Well, let's talk a little bit more about the culture of sports and women in it while we have you here. Matt, Matt, real quick for, for some context, here's how Southern... We are, Jennifer, is my mom, great woman. Matt and Toby can tell you how nice and hospitable she is. It bothers her when she sees women on the sideline. And this is, this is a woman. And she's just like, I just, I just don't understand why you have to have women on the sidelines talking about football. And I'm like, Mom, good gosh. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was curious about with sideline reporting. And I heard uh, what I was watching. What was I listening to? A bas- uh, basketball game. Some other oh, stuff it, lately. But there's, go, I'm sorry. Was it Doris Burke? Because she calls games. Yeah, yeah. They may, maybe it was. I was curious. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, I, I don't know anything about it, but I'm curious how, if you know from the inside, where is the whole thing going? Uh, you know, how I imagine it's really proactive that they're probably scrambling to try to get more women in the booth and in the prominent positions. Yeah, yeah. Because I think back in the day, it used to be when women were involved, it was very much a sideline type role, mm-hmm. or um, you know, they were they were like a. They weren't the lead of the show. They were the one facilitating conversations, but mm-hmm. not like really partaking in it. And I think what you've seen over the, the last few years is, is a bigger presence of women. And I think as the female fan base grows, mm-hmm. they want to see people who represent them. And you have to know what you're talking about to do it. People see, viewers see right through it. If you don't know what you're talking about or you're trying to bluff or you haven't done your research or you don't know much about sports, that, mm-hmm. you know, I think now it's, 
that credibility is so extremely important. So, yeah, I remember seeing Erin Andrews at first and thinking, holy crap, she's, I mean, gosh, it makes me sound terrible. But I, there's always been sideline reporters and things like that. And I probably always had the same opinion, like, well, that's fine. You use a woman for that or something. I can't even imagine. And then I remember thinking how sharp Erin Andrews was and that she knows this and that. And it's like, oh, wow, yeah. Like, yeah. Of, of course they do. But on the other hand, I wonder, I think a lot of people assume it's like, well, they just don't want, you know, it's the NFL and they don't really want women in there. But I think at this point that can't be true, but it still probably is hard to find enough female talent that can, I mean, how, you know, sitting up there with Al Michaels and Troy Aikman in the booth and holding that position. Like, I'm curious how long it'll take to really get that prominent. And it's, I wonder if there's a lack of, you know, experience and skill that they don't have or would even if they did have that broadcaster do you think and do you toby and joey do you think the audience would accept it well if it was troy aikman and whatever aaron andrews in the booth or tracy wolf or whatever yeah doing like color commentary or the play-by-play yeah just full-on yeah. well, I mean, feature it, it, you know? se- it seems like factoring into this and maybe people don't maybe it's like a subconscious thing but you don't have any women on the field playing Football. So maybe some people are just like, well, it's obviously a male sport. And so why, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what plays into that. I but that. I think you need to be, I think you need to be honest. Like I always tried to never pretend like, I, I don't know what it's like to play football. I don't know what it's like. I, and I had no desire to be anywhere near a locker room. Personally, I just have my beliefs on that. So I didn't want to be anywhere near a locker room, but I think there's a whole nother added layer of commentary that they can bring and yeah. look at people like, Melissa Stark and Michelle Tafoya and Jen Brown, who really know their stuff. And Aaron Andrews, you know, like they know, they do their research. They can talk football. They know what like a nickel defense is. They know, you know, they, they really know the game and the sports. And then, and then you can listen to that. But if someone doesn't know what they're talking about and they're just like a pretty face, like, you know, talking, then that that's different. Do you think people, America would handle it if we had a absolutely competent woman in the booth you think that would be do you think the fans who don't necessarily give a shit about what a proactive this or that or whatever I, I think the network would obviously like it do you think the fans would accept it or not that's a good question i think anytime you move away from something that's been a certain way for a long time there's some resistance but i think over time that person proved to know what they were talking mm-hmm. about and was have the skill set outside of being a female, do you have the skill set? Because there are a lot of men who, you know what I mean, who could get in there and not know what they're doing oh, either. For sure. I, so. I've thought about it before you ever turned the TV off and said, because I, I talk on a mic here, I think, okay, let me do it. And then right. I, I've turned the TV off before and said, okay, let me try and talk. And it's just disaster. Yeah. <laughs> if I don't have anybody to jump off of, I'm Well, like, most male commentators never played the game at a professional that's true. level, that's right? A good point. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's not, that, that, that's what's interesting to me is that. Most guys have not done that either, yep. and there's a select few. But I, I, I wanted to ask you too. Like, I, I mean, being in, growing up in the family that you grew up in, did you ever question like why, uh, why were? Did you wish you had been a male and played football or anything <laughs> like that? Like, why am I a woman? I could have played in the NFL. Like, you, there was a good chance if you had been just born a male, you would have played in the NFL, right? My mom and I always joke that we're the only two who don't tackle or block people for a living. <laughs> My dad said, Jennifer, you're better off. There are more noble ways than smashing people's faces in. I've no. got a feeling. I've just got a feeling if you put some pads on and went out there, you'd probably kick some yeah. ass. <laughs> I'd like to see your 40. <laughs> I used to be an athlete. I don't really train anymore. I, know, I said the other day, 
I need to start training. And I go, oh my gosh, only in my family. Most people would say, I need to start working out. My dad said, Jennifer, if you start training, you'll have more energy. I said, dad, I'm not training, you know, cause they're training with, you know, doing pushups with like, you know, barbells on their shoulders and pulling ropes and, you know, flipping over tires, the whole deal. No, but I, thankfully I love sports. It's always been a big part of my life. I've kind of embraced it. And I like, I'm so proud. I love being, I love when people, you know, and, and they conduct themselves. My family does in a way off the field that, that represents us well. So I'm, I'm definitely proud of them and I'm, I'm grateful and they're well, good. Sir- they're good human beings. Yeah. How does your fa- how does your family think about what do you think about like having so many uh, family members in the NFL? That one of the biggest things is like CTE and concussions and stuff like that. Has that been a, a big topic within your family? Yeah, I mean, I'd be lying if I said it didn't come up. I think sometimes strangers will come up to me. someone came up to me at a fundraiser like two weeks ago and was like, "Hey, your family's so legendary. I really hope the CTE doesn't affect them." And I was like, "Oh gosh!" Oh. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Well, there's nice too but um no, i'd be lying if i say i didn't i wasn't nervous about it but um ultimately at this point a lot of it is water under the bridge right and they're all and nowadays there are so many more precautions like you think i mean in my grandpa's era versus like my brother clay's era versus you know modern day it is night and day there was no concussion protocol and it was like you know especially if you were on the verge of like you were running the line between making the team or not, you're not going to say, Hey, I have a concussion. I think I need to sit out. No, yeah. you're going to play because you're, you know, your job's on the line. So no, I definitely worry about it, but ultimately I kind of just try to pray and leave that in God's hands and know that like, hopefully they're, you know, they're being smart about taking care of themselves and following all, you know, and my dad and uncle who are retired, they go to all the, you know, they get regular checkups and do all that. And I don't know. There's something in our genetics. So I'm, I'm hope my dad's going snowboarding next weekend. He works out with like playing his teammates and he plays pickup basketball three times a week. He just turned 62. So he's like a beast. I think he's, <laughs> I don't know, whatever he's doing, it's working. So I want to, I want to be on the, that, that aging plan. All right. Sorry to interrupt you guys here, but I got to take a second and tell you about stamps.com and I'll tell you about it by telling you the first time I used it. When Matt and Toby put out their first record, we did the fulfillment for the pre-order. We ran it ourselves, and Bridget and I got all the packages and all the stuff and made spreadsheets and figured it out and printed stuff, and we did it all through stamps.com, and it made it so much easier. And then all we had to do was drop it off at the post office because post office, they do a lot of great stuff, and they're ultimately who you send your stuff with through stamps.com. But it's great to be able to do it at home, to be able to work at home and have a seamless interface and then simply drop the stuff off at the post office is wonderful. The U.S. Postal Service is an important tool for really any business. And they've always had, you know, postage meters and all this other stuff. But stamps.com is the way to go. It's the easiest way to access all of the amazing services of the post office. They never close. And you can print the postage for letters or packages at your convenience 24-7, any class of mail, right from your computer. And you get the exact right amount of postage so you don't waste putting too many stamps on or anything like that. You don't overpay or underpay and have it sent back. Stamps.com saves you time and money, which you can use to grow your business or, I don't know, plant flowers in a garden. It'd be better than spending time at the post office. So mail everything postcards, envelopes, packages. You can do domestic. You can do international. Create your stamps.com account in minutes online with no equipment to lease and no long-term commitments. You click, you print, you mail, and you're done. It's terrific. 
I use stamps.com and have for a really long time because it's just convenient. I hate driving to the grocery store and then buying the stamps, then coming home, then going to the back to the post or whatever. It's, it's you guys got to do it too. Right now, you too can enjoy stamps.com service. And that's awesome because the special offer includes a four week trial plus postage and a digital scale. That's right. They'll include the digital scale that weighs your package and does all that. So you just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Bad Christian. That's stamps.com and enter Bad Christian. Hey, circling back around to the you know female discussion in sports, what, what did you think about how Cam Newton handled the woman? And for our listeners who don't know about this, basically – an interviewer was talking to Cam Newton, the quarterback of the uh, Carolina Panthers, and basically mentioned routes and all this. And Cam Newton just definitely clearly giggled to himself and said, ah, it's just kind of funny hearing a woman say routes. And right. uh, what, like, t- was that pretty offensive to you? Or are you able to just roll your eyes and laugh it off? I'm, co- I'm not easily offendable. I'll say that. I can see how people, I, I- I can understand both sides. I can see how people took that as offensive, but then I also look at it and I'm not easily offended. I go, well, that's ignorance. His, his ignorance, like whatever it does. I don't take anything personally. I know that I do know football. So I'm kind of like, Hey, you want to get into it and really talk football? Like I'll talk, I'll talk routes all day with you. (laughs) We'll talk defense. The whole deal. We'll talk bull rushing. Like, but um, yeah, I don't, I'm not easily offendable in that regard. So I kind of, I had to just shrug my shoulders and let it go. Yeah. So, so, so you, it sounds like your whole whole life has been uh, being a Christian and sports. Is that is that true? <laughs> yeah. Jesus and football. Is that it? <laughs> yeah. No, so my mom's side of the family, my grandma comes from like a long lineage of pastors. And then my dad's side of the family is obviously like all the NFL people. So we, uh, Jesus and football. I like that combo. I so like I, it. And those have been my last two careers. So I, I Yeah, and I, I want to hear about your transition from what you were doing to working for Prey.com. And did I mean, was there a part of you that because you know, our listeners can tell, wow, she's well spoken. I bet you she did a good job, or man, I remember that story piece that she did. Like you probably could have gone pretty far and then maybe broke some ice as far as being the first woman to, you know, sit up there with Troy Aikman and all that kind of stuff. Like, did you ever have that in the back part of your mind once, you know, before you started making that transition? Like, man, I, I'm, I'm here to stay and I'm going to, I'm going to break some rules here and do this. Yeah. You know what? Anything, I think this is part of my family, just our family, the way we operate, but anything we put our minds to, like, we want to be the best in everything. So if I'm going to put effort into something, I want to be the best at it. So that, I mean, that's regardless. That was whether I was a student, I was like, I'm going to be valedictorian. I did it. You know, like I'm going to go do broadcasting. I'm going to be on all the national networks. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. So I don't think, I think for me throughout the time of doing my broadcasting, I just really felt God calling in my heart. I always loved to serve. And I had grown up going on mission trips all over the world to Uganda, the Congo, South Africa, Mexico, Haiti. So I had always had my heart beat really to serve people. So I knew that wasn't the end game for me. I knew God would use it to use the platform for his glory, but I didn't know what that meant or what it looked like. So I just always knew there was something bigger. And then when this opportunity came along, speaking of Clay in football, our CEO was Clay's college roommate and teammate. So he was an O-lineman at USC at Southern Cal. 
so they won, you know, a couple Rose Bowls together. So that's how I kind of got connected initially. Yeah. And then he w- he knew I was doing my broadcasting, but was like, you love Jesus. Like you've got to, this company is amazing. I'm starting this company. We're going to do big things. So that's kind of how I got connected. So it was through Clay's college roommate and teammate that I kind of, you know, landed here. Nice. And and just tell us about pray.com. What is it? Yeah. So we built a social media network for churches, ministries, and nonprofits. So you're able to come together and pray for each other, encourage each other. There's a small groups feature. You're able to donate through the app as well. We just really want to reclaim technology for the kingdom and do something incredibly impactful and and use it for good. Use it to connect people for authentic community and really just kind of really lean into the power of prayer. And that's something in my life that I definitely value and, and that I've seen, you know, just the power of prayer in my own life. And, and you know, we my family wouldn't be where we are today, obviously, without God and without the power of prayer. And even just like, I mean, I pray... <laughs> desperately pray before games like just keep Clay safe keep jake safe you know and, and does I'll, it work it does yeah until they like <laughs> someone else's face <laughs> yeah so let's let's do, say do i you have pray that. for the people that your your family members hurt <laughs> no, i don't want them to hurt anyone my mom and it's so funny my mom says the, the game of football takes years off her life she's like i should have married into a family of like cpas or something i yeah. can't handle this game it's too violent she's like ready for everyone to retire and call it a day so let's say let's say I have that app and I've got like a crazy migraine and a super important event that night and I put can I put that out there on a prayer request and if so who gets it? Yeah, so basically every community you have your own private community, every group, so every church, every ministry, um, every nonprofit would have their own private community. So if you uploaded a prayer request on there, it would just go to your community. But you can also choose to send it to your community as a whole. You can send it to just your small group. You could send it to the people who pray for you. It just it just depends, whatever you feel most comfortable with. Do y'all have an option on there for unspoken prayer requests? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've seen it written. I've seen it typed in there. Because I guess we, on the app, they're all unspoken. You don't say any of them, but they have to have ones that are untyped on there, right? Like un, the untypable prayer request. Is that right. an option? It's in my head. Yeah. Well, sometimes people will just say, I have a private prayer request. Just pray for, you yeah. know, pray for me. So, yeah, definitely. Are, are you able to see outcomes like uh, through the through the app or anything? Like when you pray for somebody, it, do you ever hear stories of like the, the good things that happen? It's amazing. We have like... So many amazing stories. Like we have a church outside of Cincinnati and um, unfortunately the wife passed away and this church community rallied around this husband, set up like a meal chain, set up a GoFundMe page, like showed up in Groves, helped plan the funeral, help with the kids. So we see stuff like that all the time. So it's very, it's incredibly rewarding. I'll say that. It's, it's something that I, I mean, broadcasting was was amazing and was wonderful and I got to travel and talk and get paid to talk about football that this is incredibly rewarding and and really we feel like we're changing lives to be honest so is there is is it like if someone has a heart for uh children caught in human trafficking is there a way of like keeping up to date on those prayer requests that go out like like a subject matter yes yeah, so we'll be building that in that's in our product roadmap oh nice yeah so we'll be doing to be able to do it by subject, like prayers by subject or by theme. 
So that yeah. was really exciting. So, so yeah. if someone does not have the app, they they get the app and then they they just build their community similar to how they would with Facebook. I mean, because I, I would obviously there's not as many people on uh, Prey.com as there is on Facebook. So not yet. Yeah, it there you go. It well, it's it's probably <laughs> not too abnormal to get on there and not see a lot of people that you know. So how how do you build a community? That's right. So you're able to search for your community, um, and then if it's not on there, you're able to to create it and just get gotcha. started. You're able to invite people through the app and kind of just do it that way. So it really it kind of streamlines the whole process. It takes out the need for like group emails, group texts, Facebook groups for this. It kind of just streamlines it and brings it all to one place. Gotcha. You can communicate. You can pray. Yeah. Are, are y'all able uh, you might not know the answer to this question so uh, i'm just interested just from a because i'm a, a little bit of a, a data or analytical uh, i have a little bit of that in me are you able to see like what what do most people are what do they pray for like what what are they thinking about what are they asking god for yeah so we actually have a whole data and analytics team here so they're uh I definitely don't contribute to that team, but um, <laughs> yeah, there. So basically, within the app, if you're a leader of a community, you're able to access like data and analytics about your community. How many people are coming on? How often they're praying? How many? Um, how many people are they inviting? What time of day do they go on? So you're able to get helpful information that you could use to like tailor your sermons, or you could find oh, people are really praying about this subject a lot. Like that's you know human trafficking, like. That's yeah. a big concern for my community. So maybe there's like something that you, you can, it helps you kind of determine what type of content too. Do you guys know what most people pray about though? Like, is there a, like, are people praying for, you know, help with finances or marriages or anything like, like, do you know, do you, are y'all, are y'all able to see anything like that? Yeah. we. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of it, we get a lot of like gratitude, like a lot of praise reports and things. Yeah is nice and then a lot of personal like family requests for family and health and then you'll see bigger you know world of it obviously when when a tragedy strikes like a hurricane harvey right slides in la or the fires in la we'll get a lot of prayers that center around that it was actually crazy because when that remember when that missile scare happened in hawaii yeah mm-hmm. ago so that came through the prayer app before it was even on the news because people like in their like in all of the churches in hawaii got on and were like please pray for us there's like there's this missile. Well, they didn't know. Oh, it was, no way. The missile was coming at them. So anyway, so yeah, so it totally depends. It's a combination of like current events, but also praise and gratitude and, and then like personal family prayers and all of that. Well, for those of our listeners that are into praying, it really is a neat, neat app. You can go to pray.com. Uh, Jennifer, it makes us look really good that you're on here with us. I just hope you being on bad. I just hope you being on bad Christian doesn't affect you guys, that's my worry. Yeah, <laughs> never, never. No, I'm happy that you guys had me on. I know we've been trying to coordinate for a little bit. I like what, what's your What's your Green Bay Packer prediction for this year? Are we going Super Bowl or not? Oh my gosh! You know what? You don't think you don't think we're making the Super Bowl? You don't believe that? <laughs> you know what? If we can, st- hey, listen. So okay, this is a thing. So we get a new GM. He's making some moves in free agency, which I like. We used to be this like only draft and develop. Yeah, Ted Thompson, no good. Right, right. And apparently. so now I think we're making some moves with Jimmy Graham and mm-hmm. with Muhammad Wilkerson and getting some guys. So I think if we can stay healthy, honestly, if we can stay healthy, there's no reason we shouldn't go to the Super Bowl every year, to be honest. With Aaron oh, Rodgers, with yeah. number 12 throwing the ball, that guy is incredible. 
Yeah. All right, can I can I ask you a hard hitting question? Since uh, yeah. uh, okay, your your brother's been in the league for a while now. Yeah. What what do you think about his next year? Like, is he going to be? You know, I mean, is, is a linebacker, outside linebacker, whatever position they put him in. Uh, you 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 think he still got it? Like you you he's your brother. You grew up with this guy. He probably. I mean, did he mess with you as a kid and all this? Like, do you think he still got it? Of course. That fire. Anytime Clay straps on those pads and a helmet, he's got this little streak in him. I wouldn't want to be. If I had the ball, I'd be like, you can have it, buddy. Oh, <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. 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 As long as he's healthy, he he's unstoppable. He. He has his work ethic too, the way he trains and the way he studies and prepares and studies film and, and the whole deal. And we don't like to lose in my family. The Matthews do not like to lose. We don't do it well. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, Jen, th- thanks for stopping by. We enjoyed talking to you today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'll have to come back on and visit again. You got awesome. it. Awesome. Sounds See good. See you soon. Thanks, Thank guys. you. Okay. All right, Jennifer Matthews. Now, Toby, I wasn't aware of your penchant for data and analytics. How long have you had this little hobby? <laughs> uh, it's been a, a lifelong, lo- lifelong. Uh, uh, what is it? Pursuel. Uh, I've pursued data and analytics, but I guess I did want to know. Like, uh, I mean, probably because it's a business, you couldn't totally give all the details. But I wonder what most people pray about. Like, I, it would wouldn't it be so interesting if you knew what. Like, oh, if you could so look at the crazy, analytics yeah. of what everybody's prayer is, what would you guess? What would each of you guess the number one request or prayer is in, well, the, in the world? Well, see, if you that's a good question, but I bet you the answer is something really, really weird because I bet the results of the data are super weird if you really think about First of all, the app is different than Don't Universal, let my but, wife see my internet history. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be weird stuff, but if you think about it, the people that probably pray the most would skew it. Like rep- people that are crazy or have OCD probably oh, actually really skew it. Or children. About like, like, how about yeah, children? Right. Pr- children pray their right. ass. I prayed oh, every yeah, yeah, yeah. single night over and over again that I would not get stung by a bee the following day. <laughs> Are you being serious? You did when I was kid? little. Yeah, that was my biggest. That was my concern, or that yeah, I would get I a scooter. You, there, there, I mean, was, you know. there was a one month period in the summer, probably of like eighty five, eighty eight. No, probably like eighty eight, eighty nine. Yeah, eighty eight, probably. Where I prayed, my parents wouldn't find out that we played. That after they told us not to do it. We played kickball inside and broke a lamp, yeah. and we lied to them, and they believed it. We said it was accident. Gary walked by and bumped the the lamp over. I promise. I prayed, Lord, yeah, God, please do not let them know because you you don't understand how things work or lies or truths or anything. But that's really I didn't even think about that. But I I would bet almost always people pray for. I'm in financial trouble. Right, right. It's got to be money yeah, and, right. and just health would be the other thing. But money, it'd have to be. But okay, so money, uh, health, I, marriage. Marriage is a big one. Yeah, but marriage is even based on the money. I, I, like that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, I just, I, I promise you. Like, the, when you when you hear about uh, issues with marriage, most of the time they're like uh, financial decisions. We, you know, we don't know. We, my husband does this, my wife does this, whatever it is. I wonder, like, like the idea of that is, are we so blind to? It matters so much, and it maybe it it doesn't or something. I don't know. Like I, I guess my bigger question about prayer is: Are we praying things that we could actually fix? Are we asking God, "Hey, Lord, we need a spiritual intervention here," and it really is just something that you could handle yourself? 
<laughs> right? I, am I crazy? Well, like, is that not? No, you're not crazy. I mean, would it be? The I mean, you can't would be, handle cancer. I mean, you can't fix sure. cancer. You can't, you know, I mean, ser- seriously bad thing. You can't help if you were molested or raped or, uh, you know, abused. If you grow up super poor, all these things. But, like, there's some, like, I mean, I, I guess I'm thinking from an American uh, brain, middle class brain or something like that. But I do wonder, like, are, how many of the prayers are... Oh, if, oh yeah. if another person saw your prayer, they would go, hey, oh, you yeah. can just fix this. Well, we right? talked about it a few episodes ago, and I think the issue really is misguided or misused or abused prayer is is a really goofy thing. And how counterproductive actually is it would be the question. Like people playing the lottery, they do that. Yeah. They spend effort, time, and money, and the most destructive thing about it is their hope is in that, not taking one step forward financially. Right. So I imagine prayer right. would be, uh, in an unhealthy way, the same. So you've not... Yeah, that, that's you, what I'm getting know, at. It prevents you from taking be steps. A, if you, could, you know. could prayer be a cyclical thing that Harmful. isn't actually helping you? It could be. Like, or for, for some people, well, I'm sure it is. I know, I'm, I'm sure it is, because now you're believing in something that isn't real. I'm not saying prayer's not real, but just the fact that you... Don't have enough money to make your bills this month. It's more your fault than a spiritual issue uh, in a lot of cases. And so, if you believe, but the praying's the way to fix it. Well, that, I don't know about that. Well, don't don't pray you to think lose a few pounds. A Joey, Joey, as a pastor, you get prayer requests. People pin prayer, prayer requests to the cross at your church or all this yeah. stuff. Like, I mean, and you read through those and you pray for people and stuff like that. Are you ever disheartened by prayers? You're like, wait a minute, if that person, like, because they're anonymous, but are you ever like, man, this prayer probably could be fixed? Well, yeah, humanly, it's so not easy. spiritually. It's, it's so easy to look at, and, and I mean, we've all been here and we all still go here, but it's so easy to look at a prayer request and realize there's a deeper problem that someone is way too concerned about stuff they shouldn't be concerned about or worship money or you know, they're a worrier or they deal with anger or just there's almost always a deeper issue that you can just tell. I mean, reading a prayer request easily. Yeah. And then, I mean, that's just one little, little form of prayer. If you think about it in the bigger sense, and I think Dan Koch mentioned to me before, it's like, man, if you're talking about prayer, you're ignoring the whole part of it where it's like a corporate prayer and liturgical prayer and group yeah. prayer and Catholic prayer and all those kinds of and things. And that's what I... Right, and that's what I was just going to say as far as, don't you think there is, I mean, so there's a lot of people, uh, Christians and non, um, that believe in the power of thought and positive thinking. Mindfulness meditation. And, yeah, and, and saying the right things and not saying negative things. If that is true, which I believe you could actually, you know, for, for those of you Christians that think that's new agey, you could find some scriptures that actually support that. But if that's new true, agey. which I... I would I would really think there's a great possibility it is. Couldn't that be a way that God uses prayer by just a bunch of people focusing their thought on certain things? Like and and if that works in just in in positive thinking and meditation, why why wouldn't that work in the same way with prayer? And that's that's kind of how I look at speaking in tongues. Whatever I'm doing when I do it, I kind of think it's at the very least helpful for me. Because my mind is kind of engaged in 
positivity and it's not thinking about my day-to-day struggles. And I'm kind of thinking, I think I'm connecting to God. Mm-hmm. So none of that stuff is hurtful. You know, if anything, it's it's some form of meditation. Now, some people like a little Benadryl or a Ambien, but damn, prayer's a sleep aid to me. <laughs> oh, man. It'll yeah. knock me right out. So. If you... If you- <laughs> If you say, hey, I'm going to pray tonight, to, that means is, <laughs> less than seven minutes, you will oh, be in the best sleep of your life. I know. Like well, why baby. is that? Is that it, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like that, That is what scares me Make about me my out. faith, is that when I try to go to I God, I go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but what better, what be, if, if, if no, God is real, no, what better, what no, better way of falling like asleep? That. I hate when I hear why? people say that. I know what you're going what, what better way? to fall asleep and pray to our God and say, no, that does not, why would that be good? If you're, you can't if you're stay holding, awake for your God, you if can't you stay are ho- awake. You can, make it, can you let me, movie let me respond, let me respond. Slept through. What movie me, recently, let, the last year, have you fallen asleep at? Let me respond. Let's what say. Sermon uh, what sermon did you uh, preach uh, did you fall asleep at? Listen, you're holding June in, in a baby position, she is smiling at She's you. She's five years old. From, I'm not holding her at a baby. <laughs> okay. About, what, what in the hell? Okay. <laughs> you're, okay. Imagine you're holding wait, your wife wait, Jessica like a baby. Yeah, I'm holding so my what? wife Jessica in a baby position. <laughs> no, Go. You are, hold, you are holding This is a, like a sex thing. I, I'm starting to dig this. <laughs> I'm holding Jess in a baby no, position. I'm sticking she's calling with me June. Dad. I'm sticking with June. <laughs> Call she's, me la- all right, she's laying on her bed, and you're kneeling Naked. at her bed. My wife? She, what the fuck? <laughs> Who are you talking about now? June is laying in her bed, and My you're daughter. her dad, okay. and you are, you are rubbing her little head, and she's like, and Dad, at school today, and blah, 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 blah. And Dad, I also had a dream last night. Uh, uh, I love you, Dad. That's the cutest thing ever. As a dad, your heart is melted. You're like, my daughter was talking to me, saying sweet things, and it was such a peaceful, restful thing for her, she fell asleep. Georgia did that last night. I threw ice water in her face and said, finish the damn story. Yeah, wake the (laughs) fuck up, little motherfucker. (laughs) You're talking to your father right now. I'm your damn dad. Wake the fuck up. That is disrespect, personally. Yo, I have to I say, I wish I talked to my kids like that. They would love it. That's the thing. My wife wouldn't think so. Jess would not think it's cool. But my, I promise you, if my kids, if I was laying in bed with them and my daughter, if June was talking to me and I went, talk the fuck Wake up, the fuck June, up. they would die laughing. They would love it so much. Like, okay, I'm, I, I, I let me, we're off subject now, but I got to go with That's this. That's okay. I got in big, I got in big trouble this week from my wife because. M- m- me and my kids were dying laughing because we were all t- saying butthole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's so good. And we all do have buttholes. We actually do have buttholes. It's not that crazy. It's not that wild. And when I was a little kid, my cousin said butthole, and I was told that it was the worst word, and it was so awful and so bad and all this stuff. And then I realized, wait a minute, that's like a nothing word. If you're going to say right. a bad word, at least... I mean, not Dude, that. I, I'm, it, I'm around. I'm and around. The only parent. reason I, I care my, my, that my kids say butthole is for other people, not because right. of them. There's nothing bad. Seriously. At all. Dude, Toby, you and I know people like we have mutual friends that cuss like a sailor when they're around their adults, but they teach their kids to say behind and, right. or no, bottom. 
your bottom instead of butt. And I'm just like, I'm the most uncomfortable person ever because here I am, pastor, and I don't really care what my kids say, you know, obviously within reason given their age. But I mean, I'm making sure that my kids are a little desensitized to like bad words because I knew how I was afraid of them. And I do not like Gwenny told me the other day, like there's one, <laughs> there was a YG song coming on and she was just like, Ooh, I love this song. I was like, Gwenny, you have never heard this song. I promise you. I've never played it because there are a lot of bad words. She's like, dad, I can handle bad words. <laughs> uh, they can. The only reason, I, I mean, the, the the number one thing I can't understand. Uh, well, I don't even want to get in this. We'll talk about this another time, but I, I got, I mean, Everything that a kid does is literally almost completely innocent. Because the, the only reason it's bad is because we say it's bad. For example, I don't. Even, I didn't even want to talk about this. But <laughs> I know you got my to wife, now. My wife and I have a differing opinion <laughs> on how bad it is that my only son, my only son, thinks it's hilarious to pull down his pants and. Jump, gyrate while his wiener jumps. Can he, get, can he do the helicopter around. just on his own? Yes. Good. Yeah, Good I mean, he thinks it's very funny, right? But he's the only other person besides me in the house that can do that. Mm-hmm. Everybody else, <laughs> I mean, even our dog before she passed away had a vagina, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just there. His penis and balls are there. And to be able to do that is just something you can do the same way as if you're double jointed, <laughs> like Joey's thumb looks weird or something, right? Like you can do it, but the double jointed thing is just, ooh, that's weird. <laughs> now he does but that in front of everybody. This thing, he gets in trouble if if he thinks it's funny. He's like, hey, look at this, ha ha ha, and he he gyrates and his penis pops up and down, right? See, I, I could and, see, I could see Jessica not liking him. Do you doing do what that about your Ruby what about your June? boys? Do, do you get mad if they like show their privates to their sisters? No, I I definitely want them to get in the habit of not doing that anymore. Yes, I know, but that's what I'm saying. The only reason they shouldn't, and the only reason it's bad is because we say it's bad. If nobody ever said it was bad, like being double jointed, then it would be normal, right? I I guess, but you you draw a line somewhere or there's no line. And what I mean by that is, don't you think it'd be weird when Rosa's 25 and Waylon is 18 and they just all walk around the house naked? Like, at some point, it's just a little... You mean like Adam and Eve, the original... That is such a goofy way to think about anything. Like Anything you do, you'll never... There's no way you'll ever know to not do it if you allow them to do it when they're a kid. Like, you can't ever figure out oh that's not appropriate anymore no, I, I i'm not saying anything derogatory about what toby's doing i just said we are personally just going ahead and starting to train them i'm just saying the, the only naked body reason, is a little the bit the only different. reason you think it's bad is because you were taught that way and you're telling your kids it's bad i didn't what tell I'm saying my kids is, it's bad it, no but uh, but i'm saying if they grew up on an island without you and our sons thought it was hilarious to flop their wieners around Maybe the girls wouldn't think it's funny, but it wouldn't be offensive. It wouldn't be dangerous or worrisome. That's all I'm saying. Like sure, but now, if Ike now that's the thing where I have to go, wait a minute, Ike, don't do this because of this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. And that teaches my daughters to think it's bad. Toby, it teaches I, my they, son they to may have a point. They, I do believe that they say that's how the young Louis C.K. started out. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and, and, if and, only somebody would have told yeah, Louis C.K. Only somebody would have not let him helicopter his wiener when he was four. I know. Damn it. And and you also have to take in consideration that we are raising our kids in a culture. Like, you don't want Ike to do that at school. Uh, he no, will get in big he, trouble. 
No, but that's what I'm saying. Even that, I, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm going way out on a limb here. Everybody says it's just horrible, and it means something awful. And all I'm saying is, if nobody said it was awful, then it wouldn't be. You would not think it's weird if a guy took his shirt off and played basketball at school. You would go, well, he, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's fine. I'm with you. All, all, I'm with you. All, all, all I'm saying is, there's certain things that you go aren't awful, but when it when it revolves around genitalia, the sex stuff, yeah. then it gets real too bad much. and it's yeah, real it's dangerous. Probably, oh, too that, much that, energy put around it. I, I agree with that. that, that that's all you. I'm saying. I, I mean, I'm I'm not pro guys showing their dongs to people. I'm not <laughs> I'm not pro that. But all I'm saying is the reason why it's the, probably the even the reason why you do it is because it's bad. If, if it wasn't bad, how how often do you show? Do people on the internet show their uh, you know? A weird finger or their weird toe or whatever. It, you know, it happens some whatever. It's just not a big deal. Yeah, that, that's we make perfect stuff point a big there. Deal. That's a great point. Fingers and penises. I like that. Totally a great point. Now you wouldn't uh you you wouldn't walk around. Everybody naked. on earth loves a plumber's butt crack shown on the internet, but if it was his balls, everybody would be offended. Y'all wanna hear how horrible of a husband that I've been for like the first fifteen years in regards to this actual topic is priscilla literally was sexually violated any woman in her situation i would say 85 percent of them would have been terrified her and her friend they're probably 19 20 years old they were spending the summer in japan uh working at like a aquatics center on a uh military base and they're walk you know walking around the city or whatever and this uh this uh japanese guy comes around the corner pants completely down and he's he's holding it and like basically massaging it and going and so when priscilla told me this story i just died laughing because of the noise that she made and she's just like she was like i was Wait, violated pause, and i was pause, like pause pause what? pause do the noise again yeah <laughs> like when she said that i just died and so for the longest time i mean just out of nowhere she could mention japan and i would go with the me too with the me too movement and all that stuff we've been talking about some things yeah, and no she apologize. said and she was, she was like Joey you do realize that that was a very very traumatic thing in my life that still affects me and I was oh, like every man. time somebody <laughs> says the word japan you do that <laughs> it's, it's like Pee Wee playhouse <laughs> the, the secret somebody word the secret japan word. <laughs> <laughs> And I promise you, I don't want Priscilla to hear this episode. <laughs> All right. Well, the BC Club. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, where I is that apologize. guy at in the world right now? What is that guy doing right now? <laughs> hey, we. Here comes two Americans. Better pull had, down my pants. <laughs> we've had some shenanigans before that we've done before a guest came on, and then we're like, oh, crap, so and so's coming on. Now I feel in. 
retroactively, Jennifer Matthews, I'm sorry that we're talking about this. <laughs> yeah, she picked the wrong episode. <laughs> I know. She, she's basically, she's going to see when this episode comes out. She's probably going right, to tweet it friends. without listening to it. <laughs> People are going to be like, why the hell would you put your prayer app oh on that show? <laughs> my God. Why did you oh, do that, Jen? Oh, man. It was Worst all I could do mistake. to not tell her in the... When we were talking about the app, that was about two episodes ago. I was trying to remember Joey's quote. I, I'm not sure that ordinary prayer does anything at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> I wanted to do that too. <laughs> if we oh, thought ahead, gosh. y'all could easily play it. Play I a wish I would have pulled I, that I, clip dude. out. And now here's Pastor Joey, not but two weeks <laughs> yeah. ago. I, I just started I don't listening. know if I believe in prayer anymore. <laughs> Tell us about your prayer app. <laughs> I uh I just started listening to Bad Christian again. Uh, a couple of the episodes I really was uh, well the Reva episode I I wasn't on that so I really really enjoyed that. Like I seriously thought y'all's conversation was super fun to listen to. And then the oh, last thank two, you, Joey, thank you. The, the last two, uh, I y'all, it just made me laugh how y'all would like I was putting my foot in my mouth so many times about the. And Toby's friend, a friend of my friend that I'm oh a friend gosh, with. Oh my that was so funny. Oh, y'all were y'all were losing it and genuinely frustrated. But then the whole uh, most sought after drummer. <laughs> All right, well, folks, a lot of you enjoy this podcast too. And as Matt said in a former podcast, it tickles us to death when people look at us and just shake their head in disbelief, like, how in the hell do these guys build a podcast that people actually will pay good money to support? And that's because we're a family, and we do things together, and we do this podcast with the BC Club. And uh, you guys uh, that I'm about to read, y'all just joined it probably in the last couple of months. We're a little behind with names because we just can't keep up. But thank y'all very much, and that's Chase, Luger, Conrad, Tarasuk, Graham Harmon, Luke Martin, uh, t- uh, Tyler Wicks, Kelsey Gibson, Ali Burns, Mark Brower, Eric Knighton, and Chris Seema. Thank y'all very, very, very much. And Matt, what would you say is the biggest selling point of the BC Club at this current state? Well... I would say awesome, cool, very <laughs> awesome. Uh, is, uh, you caught Matt off guard. Apparently, there isn't. You shouldn't join the BC. I club. don't recommend Matt, joining. If Matt doesn't personally. give you a good answer yeah. right now, don't join the I BC don't club. Matt, what's the joining. answer? It's not really good. It's not really good. Well, it's kind of like Fight Club. We don't talk about Fight Club. Yeah. I mean, it's that good. Those it names are uh, generated by machine. There's not yeah. like four or five people in there. <laughs> An AI. Yeah, there's not about three people people. in the BC in the BC club. Is that not that one of them's Reba? Stay out. Could we get in legal? That's a great. That's a great thought. Could we get in trouble legally if we were making up names to try to get more people to join? That is not a great thought at all. And of course, that's not illegal. No. (laughs) What are you talking? That that is not a point of stimulating future conversation. We're taking people's money by basically describing something that doesn't exist. That has to be illegal. But but, no, it's not because you would say they're actual names then. If you're making up people, you're not taking any money. No, but if there were like, if there were some people that were joining, like maybe let's say one person a month was joining, but we're. No, no, no. no. Enjoy it, guys. Have a good one.
All right, Have back to the podcast. One. My God, this is turned bad. <laughs>